Welcome to your favorite F word podcast, where we dive deep into conversations around food, fitness, feelings, with the occasional fuck thrown in. We're your hosts, Sarah and Nicola, owners of Paradigm Nutrition and Performance, nutrition coaches, besties, and most importantly, humans. This show is for coaches, self-growth-oriented folks, active humans, or anyone looking to deepen their understanding and relationship with food, movement, and themselves. Thanks for tuning in, and we cannot wait to share this space with you. like echoing in that little room hello hello everybody welcome back to your favorite f word with myself and sarah (laughs) Um, today we're going to talk about something very fun very exciting and very relevant for our girl sarah right now well actually for a lot of our girls yes a lot of the girlies right now clients myself sarah Lots of us are doing this right now. Not to say, again, we'll always preface, you never need to be in a diet phase. But if you are, or if you're planning on it, this episode is for you. Because we are going to cover a few things about how to set up for a fat loss phase. And then specifically talk to Sarah about her experience because she is currently in a diet phase. Mm -hmm. So we did a episode not that long ago on some habits to master before starting a fat loss phase. So if you haven't listened to that one, that might be a good one to listen to before, before yeah. this phase. That's like season two, episode, episode 19. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause today we're going to just kind of dive into some of the considerations going into it. And then, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about, I'll share a little bit about my experience and kind of how to obviously my experience is not anyone else's experience, but some like general applications and things to consider if you yourself are in this phase or like Nicholas said, considering going into one in the future. Yeah. I think it's helpful to kind of just be transparent with our experience through these things too, because I think a lot of times we'll see folks who are in the industry and already have like fitness and nutrition as a background. And I don't know about you, Sarah, but I view it in especially in the past, I would be like, wow, it looks so easy for them. Right. Like it looks like they just get to do this stuff and I, maybe I'm not cut out for it or maybe it won't happen for me. And I, you know, it's hard to view things as objective when we're seeing the kind of like influence side of things. So we wanted to be really transparent about the process, how it Mm -hmm. is for us. Um, Talk about the ups, the downs, the good, the bad, all that kind of stuff today. Yeah. So we'll start off with just like some considerations in, you know, deciding to pursue a fat loss phase and setting yourself up. Um, Let's start with that. Okay. So, I mean, like I said, but I think it's important to say it a lot is you never really have to be in a diet phase. One could live a happy and truly healthy life living at maintenance. We are never as coaches going to push a fat loss phase on someone. Mm -hmm. However, I actually would almost say we more often than not are the ones encouraging people not to pursue a fat loss phase. We're never saying do it. We're usually trying to be the voice of reason and saying like, hey, is this a good idea? Are you really ready for this? Um, Because it's not something to take lightly. Mm -hmm. And it definitely shouldn't be something that's like a reaction to, you know, 
having a period of overindulging yeah bad body image days yeah feeling like other parts of your life aren't going the way you want as a means yeah. to gain control or feel better about yourself like it like Sarah said it straight up just shouldn't be done as a reaction yeah. it should be something that is very intentional it's going to require a lot of thought and effort and the more you can be realistic with what the process is going to look like and be really prepared for it the better it's going to go mm-hmm so definitely you want to consider what is the why behind your goal, right? Why are you doing this? Is it something that is important to you? Is it based on, you know, what other people think of you or societal expectations? Is it a way to challenge yourself? Is it a way to, you know, see what your body can do? There's many different reasons that we might consider entering a diet phase. So really thinking about like, why is this important to you? How is it going to impact your life in the short term and in the long term? And is that truly aligned with, you know, the type of person you want to be, your values, et cetera? Mm-hmm. I also like feel like the conversation around this has shifted a lot. And there's almost some like shame around dieting in a sense, because it's like, what if I am just doing it purely for aesthetics and my, for my own vanity? Mm-hmm. And I've definitely felt that it's currently why I'm in a fat loss phase myself is because yeah. I'm just like I want to yeah and I understand that those feelings can be there but also like that can be a valid reason absolutely I think just have to be mindful about like Sarah said is it coming from more of like a societal pressure is it something that we're pursuing for ourselves you know those things yeah. require a lot of thought yeah no shame either way we always talk about if you want to change your body, like that is your choice. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and yeah, the anti-diet space has kind of like made us feel shitty about that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So assuming you have a very solid understanding of why you are pursuing a fat loss phase, it's then important to recognize that it's not going to be this easy breezy thing that you see influencers online doing. There are going to be trade-offs and there are many considerations to really ensure that you are okay with. Mm -hmm. Um, So consider, you know, the end goal and the efforts that are going to be required versus where you are now. What is, you know, going to need to change? Where are some of the trade-offs that you might need to make? What are you already doing that's going to be supportive versus what are you doing right now that might be not super supportive? Mm-hmm. Um, and what adjustments are you going to have to make going into it to make it the most successful that it can be? Yeah, I mean, I wrote some things down here about um, really being ready for what might feel like a more restrictive period. I think that's one of the trade-offs that we kind of like to tiptoe around, but is really important to be very upfront about is that you are more than likely going to face some level of restriction. Mm -hmm. But I think that restriction doesn't necessarily have to be this bad word that we think it is. I think when we talk about nutrition, there's a lot of like wanting um, no restriction in our, a lot of our intake or inquiry forms we get this like what worked well for me versus what didn't work and the, what didn't work is like feeling restricted right but I think that becomes a negative thing when we're feeling restricted too long and we start to rebel against that restriction but when we are entering a specific diet phase 
there are just some things we're not going to be able to do in the same way as we used to do it. It's literally part of the process. And sure, like we want to be able to diet while we eat as much as possible. But I think we have to stop pretending that a diet is going to be this easy breezy thing that's just exactly the same as regular life because it's not. And so an important part here is just recognizing and being able to like know yourself, know what you really need, what you can part with and figure out where those trade-offs are going to be able to kind of sit for you to be able to make it through the diet phase fairly happy and unscathed. Mm -hmm. Um, Considering too, like, are you in a position from a physical and metabolic standpoint and mental standpoint to diet as well, right? So those are some more mental considerations, but we also want to be considering, you know, what are your current eating habits and total calories looking like? When was the last time you dieted? Have you been in maintenance for a good amount of time? Are you going into it from like a solid metabolic standpoint, right? Um, How's your biofeedback looking? We've talked about on previous podcast episodes, like if you're entering a season of high stress or transition, dieting probably isn't going to be super supportive um, or successful because if we are, if our biofeedback isn't you know, a priority or isn't something that we have total control over, we're going to have a harder time adhering to a deficit and our body isn't going to respond as well as it could be if we were in a period of a little bit lower stress, a little bit more control and more ability to, you know, live with those trade-offs for a Mm -hmm. while. Mm -hmm. Which is like then where the importance of like being in the right mindset or headspace for this, that is partly based on like the stress for sure, but also being aware of like what's going on for you now. Like if you're currently feeling restricted before even being in a diet phase and you're noticing you're like constantly rebelling against like either your macros or you're one of those, I can eat really well Monday to Friday and on the weekends it's a shit show. Like that in itself is probably a sign that a diet phase is just going to exacerbate those underlying like issues with your relationship with food or body or whatever. Mm-hmm. A diet phase is only going to highlight the shit that's already there. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we think it's going to be like a way to control and like, you know, add some structure to that. Um, but really, if we're already struggling those thing, with those things, it's going to be even worse when we put a calorie deficit yeah. in there and these Literally expectations just, for like body composition change. Yeah. Literally just a spotlight on the shit that yeah. needs work. Yeah. Um, cool, cool, cool. So if you're looking for more specifics around that kind of stuff, like eating habits, you know, what to look for, how long to be in maintenance, all those kind of more detailed stuff, again, see that previous episode because we do dive quite a bit more in depth into that kind of stuff. Okay. So why don't we move into then, you know, we've considered it. It's good. We're fucking ready to go. We're pumped about it. Do we want to kind of go through what the thought process was in my cut? Yeah. I think that's really helpful to start talking about what we did for you. Okay. Um, So going into it, I mean, me being a nutrition coach myself, maybe isn't like the best example because sometimes it's like, Hey, this is what I want to do. And Nicola's like, okay, cool. (laughs) Um, but generally this is conversations that you want to have with your coach. So some of the things that we talked about in deciding like where to start, um, was the ultimate timeline of the goal. And so for me right now with my fat loss phase, my ultimate goal is to 
look fucking banging in my wedding dress. That is very tight. <laughs> um, and so it's, it's hot, you guys. The booty is popping. It's tight. Um, hopefully Brad's not listening to this. Um, but that was, and so my goal is a little bit more vanity, right? Um, it is very much like I want to feel good on that day. I want to fit into my dress well. Um, and part of that is going to involve losing a bit of body fat. So that wedding is in September. Um, so that is kind of like my end timeline for this cut. But at the same time, I also have a really busy summer coming up. We have like six other weddings to attend in the summer. And so I knew that being in a deficit leading up into my wedding isn't going to be very feasible because I'm not going to be someone who wants to be tracking macros or, you know, not wanting to like drink at these weddings because they are very close friends. They're people that are important to me and I want to be fully present there. Um, so our, our kind of thought process was moving into a deficit leading into the summer and then being able to maintain throughout summer, um, knowing that, okay, if I am getting if I am drinking a lot of alcohol and having those like more flexible weekends when the weddings are, my calories might not be able to be as high as they would normally be in a maintenance phase, la da da. Right. So what we're hearing from Sarah right now is like, she's being super rational with like the trade-offs. She's recognizing what's important to her um, and she's playing the long game. So we're literally trying to like reverse engineer a good approach knowing that she's got all the way up until September to kind of like meet the goals, maintain them. But I also want to um, kind of note what maybe be ha happened behind the scenes as well is that we were really talking about this from like when? Last September, October, when we started working together again with me, like as the coach. And so that's literally like, if her wedding isn't till September, that's a year of this process. So I want to say that just to highlight the fact that we're never with clients or do I think anybody else should be like, hmm, I woke up on a Tuesday. I was like feeling like I should lose a little weight. So I'm going to start it next week with the goal of being down 10 pounds by the end of April. Like, right. no, that is not how this works. We started the conversation and started thinking about it and planning for it. And through that conversation, decided we really needed to up Sarah's calories back then. She wasn't eating enough that would allow us to really be in a good, sustainable spot to diet. Her training was pretty erratic. And so we worked a lot on like getting her back into some really consistent and good habits with her training, with her nutrition. And so the kind of like background to this was that she ended up having to eat a lot more for a while. And it was, I mean, you can share a little bit, but it wasn't super comfortable at first. Definitely wasn't comfortable. Um, especially since I had come from a spot where, you know, during the week I wasn't tracking macros. I wasn't really like eating that much. And I was more like having those weekends where I was drinking a lot with my friends or like going out for meals with Brad, we had a lot of trips and stuff like that. So increasing my like day-to-day -day calorie intake, I, it was a struggle. Like I wasn't hungry. I was having to eat when I wasn't hungry. I was having to deal with some discomfort from like a digestive standpoint and stuff like that as we were building up. Um, all of which I shared with Nicola and she rolled her eyes at me. <laughs> Um, in the loving way possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, but understanding that, like, okay, that's a trade-off to being able to set myself up 
for success now, right? It was like a short-term thing, a short-term discomfort that I needed to deal with knowing that like it was part of this process and it wasn't. We weren't necessarily putting her in some wild bulk where we were like, we're going to see a lot of like weight gain first. We're going to be eating so high calories, but it was just to the point where her training and her nutrition had been fairly inconsistent, not terrible by any means, but with kind of like the tracking we did initially, I got her to just track her calories to see where they were at and what they were kind of like around the 1900, 2000 calories a day, sometimes lower than that though. And so if that was her baseline, when we went to diet, that means we'd have to be pulling calories from that. Yeah. Which was going to lead to a terrible experience. Not only was she going to be hungry and bitchy, which none of us like, but her training was going to suffer too. And just the overall quality of life was going to be a lot more diminished. And so we really thought about that and thought about what we really wanted for Sarah, how she wanted to feel. And so working up to ultimately we built to just over 2,400 calories, got your training back up. Um, And now we're able to cut around 2,100 calories, which is sick to be able to be in a deficit still over 2000 calories a day. We love that. Fucking awesome. So yeah, we worked up, like Nicola said, we were at about 2,400 and then the initial cut that Nicola made to my calories was about 9%. Um, So very marginal, like that's considered like a pretty minimal deficit. Yeah, absolutely. So why did you start me there? Well, looking at the timeline we had, we knew we didn't want to do one of those hard and fast cuts. For one, we really had no reason to. If we cut and kind of got you down to the weight you wanted by like end of April, that's a hell of a lot of time to then maintain it. And recognizing that even at your new maintenance, it's probably not going to allow for as much flexibility as you wanted for all those months. Um, We had longer. So also why push it? If we have a longer timeline, why make life harder and more miserable than it has to be. So doing a lower um, deficit definitely allowed us to keep calories really high. We didn't and haven't yet had to add in any like extra cardio. We're roughly focusing on getting like a certain step count and making sure daily movement and training is going well, but we haven't had to use any of those extra tools yet. Mm -hmm. Um, So we wanted to, again, start pretty modestly so that we could have a timeline that really made sense for us and have her be able to have like right now she's still having quite flexible weekends she's doing some estimated meals here and there um, some free meals but again we're already seeing lots of progress which is great so if you're someone who's considering kind of where to start for yourself if you have a longer timeline and if like trade-offs are going to be a little bit more difficult for you. We definitely recommend like a more moderate approach to start. Um, it also just gives you more room to pull from, right? We, it's been about six weeks now and we haven't, we haven't adjusted my macros at all because my weight has been trending down most weeks. There's been like two weeks in there where it was up a little bit, but then it goes back down. And those definitely like coincide with my menstrual cycle. Um, So being a little bit more moderate off the bat just gives you more room to move in the future if your body is adapting um, and you need to, like Nicholas said, either add cardio or cut calories further. Um, Mm -hmm. Timeline's a little bit. You go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, or rate in things like the free meals and things like that. Yeah. Um, If your timeline's a little bit shorter, you might want to consider a little bit higher deficit, maybe closer to like 15%. 
Um, but we generally find that if we're reaching like 20 to 25% deficit, it's really hard to adhere to. And the negative effects in terms of like training energy levels, cravings and stuff are just not great. Um, right. There's like very, really like very few situations in which a short timeline like that really makes sense. Because yeah. again, with like the planning and the forethought, if you're planning and doing your due diligence around making sure you're set up for a diet, a part of that is inherently knowing your timeline. And so it's yeah. rare that it's going to come out out of the blue where you're like, ah, I only have a month or two months or whatever. So yeah, part of the process is really thinking ahead. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. So where do we want to go from here? Well, I mean, let's talk maybe a little bit about how this diet experience so far has been going and maybe how it's compared to previous diet attempts or successful diet phases for you. Okay. Um, I guess for me personally, I haven't like truly intentionally and strategically dieted for a really long time. I think I've like dabbled. Yeah. I think I've like dabbled here and there. Um, but I've never really been intentional in like working my way up and then making that cut and, you know, really being consistent. Um, so for me mentally, I feel good going into this and I did feel good going into this. And one of the biggest things that I think was different this time was that I was going into it with the idea of like, I am making this choice. It's something that's important to me right now. And like, it's a choice I'm making and the trade-offs are also choices I'm making, mm -hmm. right. Versus being like, I have to do this or it is restricted or, you know, having that kind of like lack mentality. Um, mm -hmm. so I think that's helped me feel really aligned with the decisions I've had to make and the trade-offs that I've had to make. Um, yeah, I think and like, from a coach standpoint, I can like see that coming across in the weekly check-ins. Like I've walked Sarah through a diet phase many years ago. And I think what I'm noticing is the biggest change is that this time, because Sarah is a very social person, there's still lots of like weekend events, things at the gym, going out for dinners, things like that. But every week what I'm hearing in check-ins is I felt really solid about my approach to this meal. I did this and this and this as very like active and intentional steps to make sure I was doing my absolute best mm -hmm. and that sometimes meant bringing her own food you just recently went to a party and had non-alcoholic beverages um, or brought a fizzy water brought your own pre-portioned measured snacks mm -hmm. and like that was not something you were willing to do in the past Absolutely but instead not. instead of coming back to in the check-in being like I had to do this it felt really weird you were like no I felt really proud of myself for sticking to those things mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong, like it did feel kind of weird, you know, sure. like I literally went to this party, there was like food there, we all paid money to like go have this casino night and for the food that was going to be there. And I brought a bag of cut up apples, I brought some salami, I brought a protein bar that was cut up into little chunks. And then when I like made my plate, I like went where no one could see me. And I put all my stuff on my plate. And then I also put like a few veggies from the veggie platter that was there and like a handful of popcorn that was also there. So that it like also had the food that was there and people weren't <laughs> like, where'd you get that apple or whatever? Um, but literally no one said anything. 
No one even knew I was drinking non-alcoholic drinks because I just poured them into like a glass. Right. Mm -hmm. And so those were ways that I kind of like avoided any of those like conversations that I didn't necessarily want to have. Um, I'm lucky because my friend group, like I would never worry about my friend group being like judgmental about that. It's more the issues in those situations are more mine personally and like being able to like actually enjoy myself and stuff like that, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. But I think that's like a really good example of like the work you're putting in that's not necessarily like highlighted. So again, when I'm referring to like, you see people dieting on Instagram and they're like going out to restaurants and they're going out to parties and you're like, how the fuck are they in a successful diet phase while they're doing all this? And it's really because they're doing stuff like this more often than not. They're just not to be showcasing that. And so that's a really good example of like a true trade-off Sarah needs to make right now. Mm -hmm. Especially knowing too, that I'm leaving to Phoenix this weekend and I'm going to have four days, three or four days where I'm not tracking. I'm going to be drinking a lot of alcohol. Um, And like, that's knowing that I had that coming up, I think also made it a lot easier for me to like be more on point with things leading up to this, um, that's, that can be a slippery slope because we don't want to fall into that, like all or nothing mentality. And I'm definitely not going to go into this weekend being like, fuck it. It's a free for all. Um, but I do know that I have more flexibility and I'm still going to focus on protein and veggies and getting my water in and getting some movement in. Um, but I am going to be able to have a little bit more flexibility and knowing that that was coming up has made it easier to kind of navigate some of these challenges. Right. That like being able to decide where you're putting like your priorities and where you're granting yourself more flexibility. It's also like bonus of having a longer timeline. If we were again, had a really short timeline, a weekend like this would probably throw us off a little bit more. Um, Now Sarah just has to be like, okay, with the trade-off. So this is a trade-off going kind of like against the goal. And it's like, okay, how are you going to feel when weight is inevitably up after the weekend? How are you going to feel getting back into your habits when you're back from the trip? You know, all that kind of stuff needs to be considered too. Mm -hmm. A couple other things um, you just mentioned, like going out to restaurants and stuff. Um, So I've had that a few times. And the way that I've navigated those is looking at the menu ahead of time, pre-tracking it into my fitness pal and then working around it. Um, This weekend, my mom was here and we were shopping and I packed snacks to go. Like I packed apples and protein bars and stuff in my purse to take with me on those days. And then I, we were meeting my dad for dinner when we picked him up from the airport. So I looked at the nutrition information ahead of time. I planned in just an appetizer because everything there was absolutely fucking ridiculous in terms of (laughs) calories, mostly fat. Um, And I just had that, right? And, you know, it just, I was still able to enjoy those situations without like going off my plan or being way over on my macros or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And I think like a lot of people worry that when they're in a diet phase, it means they can't go out and they have to completely miss out on experiences. And it it definitely doesn't have to be like that. Mm -hmm. However, it probably isn't going to look like, okay, I know I'm going out for dinner. I'm going to order whatever the fuck I want for me. Like that's like a burger and fries probably. But if I'm doing that every time I'm going out, we go and run into some slow progress 
going on. So it might look like, yeah, you get to go out and you can still enjoy it, but you are focusing on a protein. You are focusing on a veggie. You're being more specific by asking for things like dressing on the side. Can you steam that instead of like cook it in oil? You know, things like that. You might have to be a little bit more picky and specific about. Mm -hmm. Even when you are being like more mindful of that or pre-tracking or estimating or whatever, we also still want to be mindful of like, it might not be super accurate. Mm -hmm. Um, So for example, last week I had those couple meals out and that party um, where I estimated a couple things at the party. I actually had a few like of the meatballs that they had too. Mm -hmm. Um, And so my weight last week was up. And so Nicola as my coach is like, okay, well, we're not going to adjust your macros downwards because we had these more flexible things, even though I still hit my macros most of the days. Last week was the first week that I didn't hit my macros every single day within 10 grams. Yeah. Um, And I think the first week that we actually saw weight increase. Except for three weeks in, but it was at the same. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was at the same point in my cycle, right? So as a coach, Nicola is looking, okay, she had some days where she didn't hit her macro. She had some meals out and she's at this point in her cycle where we've in the past seen her weight increase. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to make any changes, right? Um, and me as the client, I know that like, okay, those are things that, you know, I could do better in the future or it just was a week and I'm okay with the scale not decreasing. I know it's not going to decrease every week and we're just moving on from that. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like worst case scenario is we dwell on this or um, be really reactive and cut calories because progress didn't happen. When in reality, we need to remember like the impact of our cycle. Um, And for you, if you are not working with a coach who can help you through this, be mindful to compare like week one of your cycle to week one of your next cycle. Um, It's not a fair comparison to compare week one to week four because of what your hormones are doing, because of like changes in water retention and things like that. So lots of factors to consider when you're going through this process. Um, But I would say more often than not, give it time and be patient rather than make a reactive decision. Yeah. We've also already planned for what we're going to consider in the weeks following this trip that I have this weekend, right? Um, understanding that weight's probably going to be up. Mm-hmm. I'm staying there until the following Friday. I'm planning to get back on plan, but we've already decided we're not going to make any adjustments for at least another week or two after I get back because there's too many like confounding there's factors variables. there. Yeah. yeah, too many variables out kind of yeah. like doing their thing. So when we are eventually like down the road, we probably will have to make some adjustments because that's a a long time to be dieting. And we can't assume that we're going to continue to make that same rate of progress that we're seeing now. So we likely will have to adjust things. But what I've told Sarah in the past is we're probably not going to consider it a, a plateau and probably not going to drop things until we see at least two weeks where either no progress is made or the scale increases. And yeah. even then we're going to be dissecting the week, looking at where she's at in her cycle, looking at how many meals were kind of like quote unquote off plan, looking at biofeedback, stress, hydration, all that kind of stuff. So it really is a nuanced process. Mm-hmm. Um, do we want to talk about like realistic, uh, pace? Yeah. You know, 
Um, so when we are dieting, obviously we want things to happen faster than they generally do. Um, so my goals where I wanted to lose anywhere between like six and 10 pounds, um, I was going to be pretty content with. Um, and so for someone who is still trying to have their calories high enough to support training, doesn't necessarily have a ton of weight to lose. Um, and obviously that's nuanced and personal, um, but half a pound a week would be like a pretty fucking good rate mm -hmm. for most people. Mm -hmm. Understanding that some weeks are going to be more than that. Some weeks are going to be less or maybe even up. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. It's such a tricky thing to kind of like monitor and even a tricky thing to like have as an outcome goal because mm -hmm. our bodies respond so differently and are impacted by so many different things there's really no hard and fast way to say like okay if you want to lose 10 pounds by this date this is what your calories need to be yeah. because our metabolism our bodies are so dynamic and there's so many things going on that it would be damn near impossible to kind of like sort out all of the pieces and make sure everything was perfect and like completely dialed in yeah yeah unfortunately it just doesn't work that way but I think people get pretty unrealistic expectations of how fast they're going to see that progress so it's really important to just kind of like have a more realistic timeline and be okay with things being a little bit slower than you want them to be because 99% of the time, that's what we see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think too, like, yes, we are for Sarah right now using the scale as a pretty important metric. Mm -hmm. We're also going by like how she feels even in the past, like few weeks when weight has maybe fluctuated a little bit. We're still hearing like positive things, but like, I felt really good in my body. I tried new clothes on this week and things were fitting really good. Um, yeah. What are photos looking like? What are measurements looking like? What are biofeedback markers looking like? So there's a lot of things we're still prioritizing and keeping an eye on to generate this idea of like, what is progress? Yeah, that's a good conversation to have with yourself or with your coach before starting as well. Like, okay, what are the measures that we are looking at? Um, and what's like the bigger picture there because mm -hmm. it is pretty easy to get sidetracked on that one that one measure that of the scale yeah that yeah. phenomenon is so wild yeah I know it's it's sad really it's sad really okay any kind of like last thoughts things that you think are important to know things you've been surprised about this time around I don't think so. I think I'm hoping that anyone who listened to this just takes out some realistic expectations for themselves and understands that like there is effort required. There are trade-offs required. You might have to be that person that's not ordering a meal at a restaurant or that's bringing your own food or, you know, that's choosing not to drink. I've like said no to a lot of social situations lately. Um, and those are temporary trade-offs that you are choosing to make. You don't have to enter a fat loss phase. <laughs> like that's a personal choice. Um, so understanding that and being realistic with yourself and being able to identify obstacles ahead of time, figure out how you're going to work through them um, is really important for your sanity throughout the process. 
as she makes a face for sanity sanity I feel good right now yeah nice yeah good we want that yeah so we want to be adaptable we want to be ready for the ups and downs if you have a good support system whether that's a coach or just people who know what you're doing and can help you having a partner who wants to you know eat similar meals help you with meal prep you know all that kind of good stuff isn't going to bring what would Brandon bring home that I'd be so jealous of he's not going to bring home burritos every day right. <laughs> yeah yeah that's all important shit too mm-hmm. have those conversations with the people in your life right I've had conversations with Brad about like we love going out to eat and having date night out and mm-hmm. right now that's not something that I'm willing to like have like I would rather eat in right mm-hmm. now right? Knowing that like, okay, we're going to be having all of these things in the summer. We're getting married. We're going on our honeymoon. We're going to have opportunity for that. So our date nights are me cooking us a good dinner at home that fits my macros and that I can measure, right? And that um, saves money. So you're exactly. gonna be rich also. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, can, we, can we pause on the honeymoon? Do I know where you're going for your honeymoon? Uh, I don't think we've talked about it. Do you want to tell people? You don't have to. Sure. Well, yeah, we're going on our honeymoon right after our wedding because our other really good friends are getting married September 30th and our Mm -hmm. wedding is September 8th. Mm -hmm. And we want to um, go on our wedding this fall instead of waiting till next year. And if we wait till later in the fall and like October, it's not as warm. So um, we're like leaving on like the Tuesday after our wedding for two weeks and then we'll get home and then we'll go to our friend's wedding. Um, but we're going to Europe. We're going back Where? to Europe. We're going to Croatia. Yeah. And then we're going to go to, I think we're going to go to the Amalfi coast in Italy. Yeah. And then we want to go to one other place. That's like different. That's not like ocean beachy, like that kind of vibe. We want to, we thought maybe Amsterdam. Yeah. <laughs> Or, you know, somewhere like Germany or something like that. Yeah. Fun. So yeah, that's what we're doing. We haven't like really planned it yet. We've just kind of like got an idea. Well, I mean, you've got lots of other things to plan until then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Weddings are dumb. Honestly. Maybe we'll have a fucking wedding podcast episode where we just talk about how stupid they are. Well, no, we actually should have a wedding podcast. We can talk about it from so many different angles. Yeah, 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 because we have so, even you and I have such different, like, ideas and views around it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a hot topic. I feel like it can be very polarizing also. Yeah, for sure. Ah, interesting, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, Just for anyone listening, a little fun fact about Nicola and I's friendship. So I... Nicola's obviously my best friend and I like really wanted her to be my maid of honor but she's like not a big wedding person so when I was like like wanting to ask her I was like so nervous to ask her because I thought she was going to be like no weddings are dumb I don't want to be your maid of honor blah 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 but that didn't happen so that's no I said yeah (laughs) (laughs) so yeah we could do that in a future episode yeah we'll have a hot takes episode and we can share hot takes on weddings and all other things another hot take if you are getting married you are fucking 
beautiful the way you are and you don't need to go in a fat loss phase and add that extra stress to your wedding if it's not something that like you feel ready for because um, I think that there's like all this pressure to like shred for the wed or whatever Ooh. yeah <laughs> oh that's cool yeah shred for the um yeah anyways okay yeah, you boo boo so yeah. with that said let's end with our fuck yes and fuck no okay I just realized I have a hole in the butt of my Lulu's. Fuck no. Lines lately have been shit. I haven't bought a lines in a, I haven't bought new workout stuff in ages. I had two pairs of lines that got holes in the crotch. And then this one has like a hole in the butt. What are you doing? I don't know. Well, my legs rub together a lot. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's a fuck no but other fuck no's um a rant Sarah and I were having just prior to recording this was just a a little bit about working out of scope and how frustrating it is seeing other companies do this and just the way the industry has gone in general when it comes to nutrition people are working out of scope all the fucking time and it is hard to watch and shitty yeah shitty that's a fuck no it just really sucks Nicola's also in an ethics class right now in her master's program and so she's just like very high up on the ethics my god process. I could have a whole ethics podcast and share all my feelings basically yeah. rethinking my whole entire life yeah good <laughs> no identity crisis over here yeah things are fine but yeah that's a big fuck no working out of scope just like, you know, doing things that are putting other people at risk for your own gain. Mm-hmm. Fuck no. Mm-hmm. We don't need to rant about that anymore. We won't, we won't share our angry feelings about that. Today. Yeah. Um, but in the fuck yes world, since Sarah is a diet phase queen, she's been really into non-alcoholic beverages which is wild to me. I like, I don't know. I've been like sober curious for a long time and just like questioning my relationship with alcohol. My friend group drinks a lot. They do. They they drink a lot. Um, and so, and like, I love them and I love all of the things that we do together. Like it's such a fun group, but there's often times where my anxiety is just so bad in the following days, or I feel like I like haven't been able to be super present um, in conversations and stuff like that. So now being in this diet phase, I'm like, okay, alcohol is really working against me from Mm -hmm. that perspective. So I've been seeking out non-alcoholic options that allow me to still like, feel like I'm having the experience. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, so I found a few good non-alcoholic beers. I found a few cocktails, pretty pumped about it. I feel like there's really been a shift in the products around that lately like yeah. there's this one store in victoria and it has a whole aisle of a really fucking beautiful and cool looking mocktails yeah like the industry is definitely growing to accommodate people who don't drink which is awesome to see i just like thought it was so interesting because if i'm not drinking i'm like cool i'll have a soda water or a diet coke both of which right. i love and yeah i really wouldn't have thought oh yeah i'd like a non-alcoholic version so mm-hmm. i'm very curious about this whole thing 
Well, and the thing for me too, was like, I would rather just have a soda water diet Coke because there's zero calories. Mm-hmm. Right. But a lot of these new cocktails are pretty low calorie as well. Beautiful. Um, so like the one that I had on the weekend, it was confluence brand mm-hmm. and it was like a spritz. Mm-hmm. Kind of like an Aperol spritz. It doesn't taste like an Aperol spritz, but, <laughs> it good. but it was like five grams of carbs. Nice. So like that I can easily fit in. Same with this um, partake IPA, which to be fair on this weekend, it didn't taste as good as the last time I had it. <laughs> um, but it was also, it was like 10 calories and like three grams of carbs. Ooh, okay. So for me, I can pour that into a glass and feel like I'm like still, you know, part of the experience. Same thing at the, the group. <laughs> when we had the hockey game, I had a bud zero, which like not very good, but <laughs> I poured it into like a draft thing. And I was sitting watching the hockey game in the saddle dome with this like non-alcoholic beer. And I like, I don't know, for me, that's always one of the things that's hard of not drinking mm-hmm. is I just feel like that's truly part of the experience. And that's partly my own shit that I need to like figure out, but that allows me to like, at least feel part of it in some way, or like, feel like I'm getting out of it, you know, the full, the full experience. Love that. Always support people experimenting with their relationship with alcohol. Yeah. Very fun. Very fun. Proud of you. Thank you. Um, so that's our fuck yes and our fuck no's and that's all we have for you today. Hope that was helpful. I feel like we went through a lot. I think it was helpful. And yeah. I'm saying that from a very impartial place. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're not biased at all. No, I'm ethical. I do not right. carry biases. Yeah. And no biases whatsoever. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Okay, well, we'll wrap it up for today. Thanks and, for tuning in. Again, hit us up with suggestions. We've gotten a few recommendations lately, which have been very helpful and insightful for us. So keep them coming, please. We are more than happy to do more like personal Mm -hmm. reflections, dives like this. It's helpful to see, you know, what things actually look like in practice for us or how we might coach someone through different scenarios. So keep us posted. And other than that, we will catch you on the flippity flip. Bye. Bye, everyone.